welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thank you, Kyle, for joining me on the podcast, Conversations About Life. And uh, my guest today is Kyle Prenzlou of South Africa. And I I first um, came across you through your podcast. You and Johannes have a podcast. I think it's just called the Freelancer Podcast. Yeah. And um, you all do a really good job, you both. And uh, you're very... um, You do it in a very amusing way to listen to. It's not too long. And um, Johannes is um, just really amusing with the sound effects and so forth. I I guess that's coming from him. (laughs) And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) No, I was just trying to introduce you a little bit. You're a a web developer, (laughs) a freelancer, and. and, and you live in South Africa, so um, how else would you describe yourself as a person? <laughs> yeah, um, well, well. first of all, thank you so much for the chat, and uh, I really appreciate it. And also thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> and um, yeah, just for, just, just for some context, so um, uh, Johannes and I decided to actually split in, in business uh, uh, earlier this year. Um, probably I think it was like in June uh, this year so so yeah you are right um, uh, our, our podcast episodes are, are, are really cool um, and 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 I think a lot of people have found it uh, valuable so I've just sort of been uh, doing it solo since then um, but yeah just to just to um, go back to the question um, I think you gave a good summary um, from a from a business sense uh, I mean if someone had to just ask me like what do I do? I would just say, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a freelancer. I have like marketing agencies where I help uh, businesses grow their business. And I say I'm a digital creator as well, you know, where I would sell um, uh, digital products, courses, and things like that. So that's pretty much uh, who I am on a professional level. <laughs> so, okay, so you're, you have a background in web development but it seems like your business is more in marketing now and, um, and, um, and then, you know, media, putting out media, helping others and so forth more than the actual web development or is, is that kind of what I'm understanding? Yeah, I would say so. Um, we still do web development, mainly mainly web design. Actually, it's not really um, custom web development solutions or anything. It's mainly just websites, and we also focus a lot more on the marketing. So our focus would be on you know getting clients once off, you know, uh, through a website or improving the existing website, and then on a monthly retainer, we would help them, you know, with uh, the marketing and and things like that. Okay. And um, and then why uh, freelancing? I, I suppose you could become an employee with an organization or a business, but you've chosen to be a, a freelancer. Um, why have you gone that route? Yeah, so so I've been a full time freelancer since 2017, and before then I was working uh, full time jobs. So before I went full time freelance. 
I was working as a marketing manager for a company here in South Africa and it was and and they were selling various different uh, physical products and in different industries and all that and what sort of led me to the freelancing route because I really loved my job was financial because um, my wife and I we weren't um, earning enough Uh, so 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 just for some context my wife is from India and she she came to live with me here in South Africa and we were just surviving off this one income she couldn't legally work due to visa issues so every single month we would I mean we were we weren't spenders you know Uh, we actually didn't really have a lot of the necessities and we lived a very simple life um in in that sense but uh, we were going deeper in debt every single month uh, we just couldn't pay our bills and that's actually when uh, i mean i was frustrated you know i wanted to um, just turn this thing around and i knew that asking my bosses for an increase um, you know getting a small increase wouldn't fix the bigger problem um so eventually that sort of led to out of necessity wanting to earn a side income and then I combined my marketing knowledge, learning web development to offer that as a service for clients. And I started freelancing on the side in 2015. And after a year, I matched my full-time income. And then I was still staying on board for a while. And then in 2017, that's when I left to go full-time freelance. And, and, to, ask, and to answer your other question about you know, why I would not go you know, into the full-time route, um, hopefully I don't ever have to do that again. I'm working hard not for that to happen. <laughs> um, but um, it's it's a couple of reasons. And a, a, a lot has to deal with um, freedom, um, sort of being independent of my time, who I spend my time with, um, what I do. I really enjoy the work that I do. I enjoy working with the projects that I'm working on and with the clients that I'm working on. And if, if I can also be transparent, I mean, you know, I'm earning a lot more than I would than if I had a good full time job. Um, so, so yeah, that's been it's been an incredible journey, and as it, it comes with its pros and cons, of course. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But but I really wouldn't trade it uh, going back to the to the um, employee uh, option. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, well, that's great. I'm glad that it's working out well for you. Thank you. Um, so in one of your last podcasts, I think it was the last of this year, mm. uh, you were just by yourself and um, yeah. I was listening to you and I don't know, I don't remember exactly what you you said that made me just consider um, just who you were as a person and just kind of becoming more interested in that. But, um, you know, something from that, that that's what kind of led me to reach out to you. And then just before I pressed record here, you told me you, you come from a, like a Christian background, that's your perspective and so forth. So, um, so how did that start for you? Um, just Christianity, is that what you grew up with, with your family or, um, did that, uh, come along later through a conversion of some type or, or how did that start for you? Yeah, so um, I don't know how candid you would like me to be, um, it, it, you know. Just as candid uh, as you'd like to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so as a teenager, I 
uh, I grew up in a Christian home, um, but uh, let's just say it was dysfunctional, if I can put it that way. And I grew up in um, with my family going to certain churches, which I will, or certain types of churches, which I will not. Um, I don't want to mention publicly, um, but but let's just say I don't agree with uh, that way of teaching, uh, you know, now. Um, and and uh, I, I would say that I was brought up in the church, but I very much lived, um, you know, in in uh, hypocrisy. Let me put it that way. Um, and um, yeah, eventually I sort of drifted completely. Um, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I didn't, you know, uh, anything. Um, and then sort of when I was about 16, 17, that's when things just went wild for me, completely turned my back on any type of faith. In fact, I would have probably classified myself as uh, probably an agnostic. Um, and I would sort of reason things like, um, you know, uh, the people that I know are good people, good people, air quotes, um, you know, and surely uh, if there is a God, you know, um, they would uh, they would be fine. They would go to heaven and I'm sort of like them, you know, and I, and I sort of justify things and reason things from, from that perspective amongst others, uh, but I don't want to go on a tangent. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and then, and then eventually when I was about 18, uh, I was really going through, a, I would say, almost like a valley area you know like a dark uh, path and I was depressed I was confused I was frustrated and I just started questioning things a lot more and through that questioning and I believe that also Christ uh, drew me to him uh, through through the spirit as well and um, yeah um, it it was during that process that things started to make more sense to me and I uh, also ca- came in contact with uh, fellow Christians. Um, I would classify them as, as you know, uh, r- real believers in that sense. And, yeah, it was through that journey as well since then, uh, to, since I was 18, that I really fully committed myself to Christ. And I've been on, on the journey since then. So I would call myself a Christian since, uh, since that time uh, when I was 18. So was there a moment like of of turning of conversion or was it a little bit of kind of a process you were going through during that time? Yeah, it was it, it was definitely a a process um but but then one day, you know, that's when I that's when I really um prayed um about it uh, and asked Christ to forgive me of my sins and uh, repented and completely turned back and it uh, I know that for for some people, like a conversion experience, um, you know, depend. It's almost different to a degree for for a lot of people. Some people, you know, almost feel like the grass was a bit greener, you know, and and, and uh, colors are more vibrant and all that afterwards. And 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 for me, it was it was almost it was almost that way. Um, uh, I was uh, I was a completely new person. You know, I I didn't get as angry as I used to. Um, I was very much at peace. I was very grateful and content in Christ. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a whole new me um, since that moment. Yeah, and then since then, do you still feel close to God? Do you still feel that connection? Mm. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you weren't really happy with the kind of church you grew up with. So are you a part of a church now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, Maybe I can just say, and and maybe your listeners will agree or disagree, but uh, I grew up in the prosperity gospel or teaching, and some people might agree with that. That's fine. That's your perspective, but I don't agree with that. Um, so um, now we know, and I would say a bit more, uh, definitely a, a lot more reformed um, sort of uh, church, if you, especially if you compare it to then. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so um, yeah, um, my wife and I, my wife is also a Christian, uh, we we actually um, maybe as a side side note, so we so we met online, uh, you know, like um, sort of. Uh, I would say when I was about eighteen or nineteen, we sort of spoke on like the social network for Christians <laughs> um, online, hmm. and then and we were together for about two years, and eventually through various things that have happened, we actually decided to get married. But we decided to get married on the first day that we physically met each other in person. Um, oh wow! So, so I, I mean, I, literally, she landed at the airport at about like twelve or one o'clock. By like five or six p.m., we were we were married, you know, and that was an incredible experience. And now it's actually eight years uh, that we've been married. Uh, next week, uh, literally next week is eight years. So it's been a true blessing. Um, yeah, and 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 we've really um, uh, learned a lot, grown a lot, uh, matured a lot, still learning, still growing. Um, and, and yeah, we, uh, we are committed to, to Christ and, and, and finishing the race in him. So reformed, are you talking kind of like Presbyterian or like Calvinism or is it, or something like that or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, w- I would say it's more like, um, uh, I actually don't know how they would, how they would classify, um, you know, you know, the church, uh, Sort of doctrine in in a way, but it, but it will be definitely more towards the Calvinism uh, sort of approach, but also slightly Presbyterian uh, okay. to an extent. Uh, so so it's definitely not more like extreme to one side, um, and it's also not very liberal, you know, to the other side. Uh, I would say there's a nice balance uh, between the two. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So your family. Well, your wife is from India, and you're from South um, Africa. So, have you traveled quite a bit? Um, like, I guess you've have you traveled to India and, and just different places? And... Um, yeah. So, so um, I think I was a teenager. We traveled to, uh, I mean, on vacations mm-hmm. to to Asia, to Thailand, to um, the UK, and then uh, on a business note that has taken me to China. Um, and then on a personal note, um, I did go to India and, uh, I think it was three years after we got married, uh, I went to India to meet my in-laws <laughs> and my other yeah. Indi- Indian family. And that was really an, an interesting experience. I always, uh, enjoy, you know, seeing new cultures and just way- new ways of doing things. And I've, I've really found it interesting. I would have liked to have gone again, but I've only been that once. And, um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much uh, my travels um, so far. <laughs> okay. And I guess I'd like to ask you a little bit about just what your impression is of um, 
the South African culture, like what that's like. And, and, and even if you have any thoughts about how it might compare to the U S I guess you haven't been to the U S uh, the United States, but, um, you probably like, uh, the world probably has like an impression of the United States that might be different than what me being in it understands. You know, this is just kind of mm-hmm. like, um, because you have different cultures to compare it to and you can, uh, you know, uh, so you come from a different perspective. Um, but anyway, just what are your thoughts about, um, I guess the culture of, um, where you've been or there of South Africa mm. and, um, what your impressions are of the U S or how it might compare and how the U S might, the impression you have of the U S might be different and so forth. Yeah. Um, first of all, be, before I even answer that, um, I think I think you are an exceptional uh, in- interviewer, uh, and and you've got a, 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 such a calming voice. You know, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you've been told that before. Um, but I am curious. Before I share my my thoughts on that, perhaps I could hear, hear it from your side, um, from an external third party. Like, what are your thoughts of South Africa? What have you heard about South Africa? Okay. Well, I just recently um, did a little bit of, you know, I looked up South Africa on Wiki and looked at a few pictures and so forth and um, a few blog posts. And um, it looks like a really, um, you know, prosperous type of um, place, like, uh, you know, uh, really advanced with you know, modern life and all, I guess when I think of the continent of Africa, the impression that comes to me a lot are maybe more of, um, like, um, areas where it's rich in nature, but poor economically and people live a real simple, um, life. And, um, so, you know, I think of safaris and things like that. (laughs) I, um, so I'm not that familiar with, you know, um, Africa or South Africa, but, um, I guess, you know, it, it, so, you know, that's about all I know, I guess. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think South Africa is, is, is very much like, like most countries to a degree. Um, you've got a lot of people who, um, the first thing that comes to mind when you mention South Africa is actually um, safety or crime. And hmm. sorry, I've got an uh, an airplane coming past, so it might be a bit noisy uh, if you do hear it. Um, yeah, so so that that's very often um, a concern, which which uh, could could be warranted. Um, uh, in 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 a lot of instances, it's definitely um, something to consider. Um, and and uh, be mindful of for sure. Um, besides that, South Africa is really a beautiful country. You know, uh, it's um, in, in it's 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 quite affordable if you compare it to to other areas um, of, of the world. But just like every other country, I mean, including the US, the UK, Hong Kong, Singapore, everywhere else, you've always got disparities um, from economic. Uh, you know, uh, perspectives where you would have, um, you know, uh, the wealthy and middle class and, you know, the impoverished or the, or the poor communities. And 
I think a lot of people always focus on, you know, the one side and and show that you know South Africa is quite uh, uh, not developed or you know um, uh, sort of everyone a lot of people live in slums which is true you know I think uh, I, I, I think the data would show that um, many many people um, millions of people still live below the poverty line in South Africa but actually in terms of quality of life you've got uh, it's 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 actually pretty good. Um, I, th- I think I, I think safety wise it also can be good if you you know sort of are in the right areas um, and you are just a bit more careful um, but again even in the US even in New York in certain areas you can do whatever you can and some some things can also happen there right uh, we've right. got great weather um, mm-hmm. f- f- from a nature perspective and and natural resources um, South Africa's uh, incredibly rich in in uh, Natural resources, diamonds, gold, platinum, uh, gases, oils. Um, so, so from from that perspective, it's uh, it's great. Uh, if you look at Cape Town, um, Cape Town is incredibly beautiful. Um, if you look at the Garden Route, the Garden Route is almost like the French Riviera. Uh, you know, like so, sort of from France, Monte Carlo area. If you look at how that looks like, the Garden Route is also, um, I would say on par with that it's 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 really beautiful uh, cape town is incredible you've got so much to do there i live in a, in a city called uh, port elizabeth and it's on the coast and as i'm speaking to you i'm also enjoying uh, the ocean views <laughs> um, wow. and uh, yeah it's it's uh, it is a beautiful place to live um, i'm not sure from uh, you know if if we would be living here um, you know uh, in the future um, in, I mean, the future is uncertain. That's all God willing. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know what I, I don't know what more to add. I mean, if you've got follow up questions, I'll be happy to to answer sure. what I know about yeah. South Africa. <laughs> um, what um, kind of impression of the United States do South Africans have? Yeah, um, I think. Or how do you see our culture? I guess. Yeah, uh, I think uh, uh, I've got. I, th- I think I may hold a little bit of a different view to what the general consensus may be, but um, uh, definitely in certain areas of of, of the US, um, again, you know, you've got certain cultures and certain uh, uh, economic disparities and everything. But as a general whole, I mean, a lot of people know of America as being, you know, a powerful nation. Uh, respected, I would say, around the world. I mean, pretty much all, all, like global trade revolves around it, the US dollar. Um, and it's almost like, uh, in a way, it's almost like the the country that almost like uh, dictates the, the peace around the world to a degree. Um, and yeah, I think, I think culturally, there's definitely, it seems like there's definitely a divide in the US, especially with, you know, the left and the right. And it's definitely quite polarizing. Um, and I've definitely noticed just myself over the years that uh, uh, the U.S. has generally as a whole become quite uh, liberal in a lot of their uh, view- viewpoints and stances and and uh, policies that have come into place, which is interesting, and I think it will be interesting to see how that unfolds, uh, you know, in the future. Um, but, yeah, I think... Um, the U.S. is an interesting country uh, uh, in 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 all facets, uh, good and bad. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see 
what lies ahead. Right. Yeah, that's interesting to get someone else's perspective because just being in a culture, you're just surrounded by everything. But like from an outsider's perspective, perspective, you're probably getting like the big major things that kind of rise up to the top that really kind of stand out. So that's, Mm. that's, you know, that's an interesting thing to hear. Um, so my, I have a niece and I told her that I was going to be talking, you know, with someone from South Africa. And, um, (laughs) she said, you know, I, I said, you know, is there anything, do you have any thoughts about South Africa? And she, she wanted me to ask you about apartheid and, yeah. um, like, um, you know, do you, she said, you know, you might have memories of that or there might be ways where, um, it has, you know, society is still affected by it and so forth. So I don't know where to go for, you know, hmm. besides yeah. that, but just, you know, do you have any thoughts about, all of that. Yeah, sure. So, so I think I think there's many ways of uh, of discussing this this topic and uh, and and what happened. Um, but I th- I think the way that I would start it off is is uh, just sort of giving a general um, understanding of of what it is and what happened, just for those who might not know. So the apartheid or apartheid, uh, depending on how you pronounce it, is is. Um, Pretty much in layman's terms, it was when uh, the, the white people, the colonialists, were ruling South Africa from a government, uh, you know, government, and uh, and then they set down rules. Uh, pretty much, it boils down to pure racism, where, where where it would be like, okay, white people, you go to these beaches or you go, live in these areas, and uh, African people or people of color. You know, Indians, coloreds, and uh, and even the Chinese were classified in that. You have to live in certain areas, and you can't go into these types of shopping malls, um, and you can't do these types of jobs, and and all that. So, at the at the real core fundam- f- fundamental viewpoint and takeaway of it, uh, it's it's purely it boils down to racism uh, at the at the at the real fundamental core of it. Um, which fr- from my side um, is uh, okay. So, so that's the uh, backstory of what it is. How long it lasted? I think um, I'm, I'm not sure how long it lasted, but it really lasted a long time, and it only ended really in like the 19 early 1990s. And I was born in 1993, so I was actually born like pretty much just after. Um, after that experience, so I didn't experience that. I didn't grow up with that. And my perspective of all of this is, first of all, uh, I think it's uh, it's shameful. You know, um, I, 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 I I vehemently disagree with that. Um, I don't I don't think that that that's the right viewpoint um, at all uh, to do. You know, to do that as a government or as a people, it's definitely something I would have not agreed with. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of what that has done to society and to cultures and to, from an economic and everything, uh, you know, uh, nowadays, it's still got the repercussions without a doubt. I mean, you speak to various different people from both sides. You speak to white people, you speak to African people, and. You, you, you would hear different opinions about it. A lot of the white people say, okay, that happened in the past, forget about it. 
But I would argue that a lot, uh, there's still a lot of African people who are deeply affected by it, and it, and it has really changed um, their upbringing and outcomes. For example, um, there were certain families, um, uh, w- wealthy f- um, coloreds, uh, you, you know, Indians and, and that, living in certain areas. The government would literally take them out of their house, put them in certain areas, so they would almost grow up in a slum of some sort. And now you've got these people who had these assets of houses uh, and properties and businesses good to nothing. Now, what about their children? What about their children's children? They don't have any inheritance now. They don't go to good schools. They, you know, so 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 the um, the outcomes in terms of opportunities uh, are definitely uh, not as uh, good as white people, especially in the early 1990s and early 2000s. If you fast forward to now, um, I still believe that there's definitely repercussions, um, uh, you know, and uh, uh, which has happened, which is still sad to see to this day. Um, but also, uh, it also boils down to a lot of, um, maybe I don't want to get us on a side tangent, but on like how government people uh, utilize the resources and being uh, wise stewards of uh, managing everything because South Africa's got uh, you know a lot of resources uh, the GDP is pretty good but I think it's the mismanagement and corruption which is billions of dollars uh, you know over the years which has just gone missing <laughs> uh, which is sad and then obviously it keeps a lot of those people who are impoverished still impoverished um, so so yeah I think that's another topic but uh, that has led to over the years, what's called BEE, Black Economic Empowerment, which is like affirmative action, which is um, something to the effect of this. Let's say I start a business, and it's quite a big business. I've got 50 employees or 100 employees, and I'm doing, let's just say, $1 million in turnover a year. I would be forced by the government to have, like, let's say, um, someone of color as a director, and also in certain management positions, I have to employ those people based on the you know the the criteria of the number of staff that I have and the turnover that I have. So that's sort of a very broken down, simple level of understanding that. Um, so in a way, you've got a lot now. A, a lot of um, the middle class is a lot of African people, Indians, and people of color, um, and and definitely on the upper end. Um, but again, you've also got a lot of white people are also doing well, and you've also got a lot of white people who are doing bad and struggling and also impoverished and, and poor and living in slums. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very interesting topic, and I think we can sort of go on various different things, but uh, I hope that's an all right overview and, and that's sort of a rough uh, uh, perspective of mine on that. Sure. Yeah, thanks. So... You, you spoke of repercussions, um, but it's it sounds like there's not like a totally um, difference as far as disparity. Like um, you got you know black people and people of color in high positions, and um, and then you know people who are white kind of in low positions. So it's not so there's kind of a mixture. It's not. Um, is that um, so? I wonder if that's you know, more than, um, you know, the United States, cause they're, you know, just in general, um, you know, um, 
black people are like of a lower income than uh, white people or lower economic status, um, perhaps because of, you know, repercussions and stuff like you were talking about less opportunity and so forth when people were growing up and stuff like that. But um, is it a pretty much of a mix now because of in, in South Africa because of affirmative action or is it still kind of polarized a little bit and there's just those um, instances of um, that don't fit the norm? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I suppose uh, it, it would it would differ in in every industry, and and uh, obviously the data it would be good to know the data exactly, but just from my understanding uh, of it is uh, definitely in government for example that is heavily um, a great percentage um, I would say more than seventy percent is definitely um, Africans uh, you know or, or, or let's say people of color uh, uh-huh. without a doubt um, and. Uh, if you if you look at what's called like uh, government tenders, which is I think that's where a lot of the corruption comes from. That's where it's like um, private individuals or entities bidding on uh, certain government projects uh, to win the project. So you also get I think certain things like that um, in the US. Uh, so for example, Boeing um, or Airbus would compete, you know, to win certain government contracts or, or SpaceX and all that. But uh, yeah, you've got very often like bribes and certain things that happen behind the scenes which is quite sad to see um so yeah that's sort of uh, on on one side and then you've got um on the other professional side accountants doctors lawyers and all that um uh definitely um uh, there's a mix um in 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 various things engineering construction architecture all that um but yeah i think I, I, i would say as a general answer there's definitely a mix um, of of uh, you know ethnicities in in the different roles right now. Um, if you if you had to look at let's say uh, university degrees and let's say there's uh, uh, let's say a common professional profession is accountants um, and and there was uh, ten vacancies, you would find nowadays that probably about seven, at least seven or eight would have to be people of color. So. Hmm. Um, uh, n- nowadays, you know, like uh, white people are definitely, uh, in that sense, at a, at a disadvantage, um, you know, in, in applying for certain uh, jobs. For example, um, when it comes to university admissions, if you go from uh, school uh, or like, the, let's say, the college equivalent, uh, you know, your final year of school when you get uh, apply for university, let's say you wanted to be a doctor. A white person would have to get. It's, I'm just using a random number, but it's but it's 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 exactly like this. Something like this. So let's say a white person would have to get ninety percent to be able to uh, be able to study to be a doctor in university. A person of color would only have to get seventy percent uh, hmm. to be able yeah. to study. So yeah, that's also a few other things. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, uh, yeah, um, obviously, there's a lot more to to say and add right. to that. Yeah. So, you know, like in a, a group of 10 people, um, like maybe seven or eight would be people of color or black people. Is that also kind of correspond with just the population amount, um, like uh, are 70 or 80 percent of the general population people of color and, and black people? Yeah. Yeah. So so there's about 60 million uh 
let me actually Google this. Uh, it's, a, it's a population. Uh, I should see this. So there's about 60 million uh, people in in South Africa. Let me just say ethnicity. I'll tell you now. Okay. So, yeah, it's about <laughs> white people are about, uh, about 10%. Um, and then the rest is like color people. Uh, Africans are by far the most. They're mm-hmm. about like um, probably about 80%. And and then the rest is you know, Indians, uh, col- coloreds, um, you know, Chinese, and that. So right. yeah. Well, just kind of turning the direction of the conversation more to you and your your life, your growth, and so forth. Um, what has um, helped you to grow as a person in in just understanding life and just the quality of your life and so forth? Um, and, um, yeah, I guess we'll just start with that. Um, like, um, what helps you to grow as a, a person? <laughs> wow. That's, that's a very interesting question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think, um, many things, many variables. Um, obviously I believe that, uh, that God gives one wisdom, uh, especially if they also uh, pray for it uh, as well and uh, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit as well. Um, and then also like on a practical note, the, there, are, there are many things. Um, spending time with certain people, for example, you know, my wife or friends, being accountable to them um, and uh, certain family members, I would say, and a lot of the time, it's actually got to do with experience, you know. For example, if you sp- if you speak to, uh, well, I mean, the word says as well, you know, there's wisdom in the counsel of many. And, and also, if you look at a lot of people who are, yeah. you know, in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, I would say most of the time, if not all the time, they would know a lot more about life, you know, and certain things than, let's say, a 20-year-old guy, you know, and that's purely because of going through certain things and, you know, making certain mistakes and and hopefully having learned from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I would say I've been very fortunate in that regard. I've made a lot of mistakes or failures, if one wanted to call it that, but it's really been a good growing experience, both business, uh, personal level, emotionally, uh, spiritually as well. Um, so yeah, I would say uh, that has made a, a big impact in my life. Do you read, or have there been any books that have made an impact on you? Yeah, um, excluding obviously the word. Um, I think uh, a couple of things have ha- have stood out to me. Um, if, if I have to think about. Just from like a, um, a spiritual uh, point of view, I think uh, Mere Christianity is a great book. Uh, huh. I, f- I found Crazy Love quite interesting. Uh, In His Steps, um, I think his name is Charles Sheldon. That has been a very interesting book uh, on, on perspective about certain things. But I also very much enjoy um, Malcolm Gladwell. His, uh, his, his thoughts um, on various topics is... It's quite fascinating, uh, to say the least. Um, 
yeah, um, and and, and I, I, I read a lot of um, uh, uh, business books, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty interested in in that, uh, you know. Um, how can I say, like professional, you know, way of doing things in a way. So mm-hmm. hence, I would be more drawn to that. But yeah, I would say I would say generally, um, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, as says is is really writes quite fascinating books and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you heard of him uh, I have I'm yeah. not super familiar with him but I yeah, yeah I know I know of him yeah okay okay I think he's got yeah. a podcast too yeah um, revisionist history um, I've only listened to a few of them uh, um, I actually haven't heard it in a while but yeah is is really an interesting. Uh, interesting guy with with uh, uh, interesting thoughts and 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 i think that's sort of quite interesting from uh, you know like a, a human history point of view because people are, are, are generally quite drawn to to thinkers right um you know like who uh, p- people who express themselves or or, or or write deep um things or like interesting perspectives on takes on certain things it's like wow that's that's pretty interesting you know and yeah i think it's uh uh, maybe I'm going on a side tangent here, but yeah, I, I find that quite interesting. Yeah. You know, when it comes to um, your Christian faith, um, probably like one thing that gives you confidence in it is just the experience that you've had with it. But um, is there like anything else that gives you confidence? Because like our our Christian faith, basically, you know, it's like, we're going on things that we've been told, you know, and like mm. our, our hope, a lot of it is in the future. So it's not something we're experiencing now. It's like, well, there's this future hope that's to encourage us and so forth. But, um, you know, it's just what we've been told. So mm. um, are you, when it comes to having confidence in uh, the Christian faith, is there anything in particular that, um, Gives you that confidence, or yeah. Um, so, so, so it's quite interesting. Um, I've always enjoyed uh, listening to to debates by uh, Christian theologians and and um, you know other um, very uh, uh, qualified, let's say, physicists or you know uh, those types of people, uh, atheists. And someone asked. Um, John, John Lennox, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's a famous uh, Oxford mathematician and he's a Christian and he debates, um, you know, guys like Richard Dawkins and, 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 and Michael Shermer and, and various other people, um, Christopher Hitchens and all that. And someone asked him an, uh, a question like this, uh, you know, and, and he said, like, you know, that's uh, very much got to do with experience and he grew up in, in Irish, uh, which was very prevalent, uh, you know, Christianity back then and all that. But I think, I think for me, um, it's it's almost like uh, almost like a Paul situation for me because in my late teens, I, as I mentioned, I completely turned my back on on Christianity, and in fact, I was uh, I almost used to mock Christians for believing in it, um, and 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 I would make certain you know, uh, bad arguments, but nonetheless, I would make certain arguments and I would say, you know, like if you take 10 
people reading the Bible, you would get 10 different conclusions and uh, they would sort of add their own interpretation and all that. And I used to justify it like that. And then people used to be brought up in it and that's why they believe it. So if you brought up in India, you would be a Hindu and, you know, all of that. So for me, it was very much, um, obviously the experiential side is, is very important, but I think, um, I think, uh, Christians should also be able to uh, better rationalize and think about their faith a lot more in the sense that um, I think it's important to also do research uh, on your own and to and to almost look at it from a skeptical point of view uh, because sometimes to just take things, oh, because my parents said so or because I got brought up in a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. You know, and 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 I think um, you know, I think it, it's a good thing to to question things, you know, and to um, be skeptical and to try and find out the truth, you know. And for me, that was like okay, trying to find out, you know, the word and 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 the historical and archaeological uh, um, findings and and facts that almost back up certain. Uh, things. Uh, I mean, you know, the Isaiah scrolls, um, you know, and, and and certain things, various many things in the past that has happened, uh, and and the story of of Christ and how he rose, and you know, all of uh, that. And it's quite fascinating li- um, listening to people break it down, like proper theologians. Um, uh, William Lane Craig, for example, um, you know, he he lays out an, an exceptional case. Um, you know, on all of those historical findings. And and then there's another guy named, I think, Gary Habermas or, or, or something. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, he has debated um, um, uh, like proper, real, uh, amazing uh, atheists on this topic on like, did Christ rise from the dead? Uh, even a question like that. And it's fascinating to hear uh, all of his findings, you know, on like base, basing it from biblical perspective, on historical, on archaeological, and then just almost like pure logic as well, and uh, it's it's amazing, um, you know, just seeing it from those perspectives. So, yeah, um, maybe I'm going on a tangent here, yeah, but but um, I think just to sort of uh, go back to it, for me, it's like uh, excluding the experience. I think I find a lot of confidence in knowing that the word is true, and um, that 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 also gives me peace, um, you know, in knowing that um, I can be content in the present, but also, as you mentioned, like have a hope for the future. Yeah. And your wife, um, she was already a Christian when you met her, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that yeah. sounds a little unusual coming from India because you mentioned Hinduism. and Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. So, so sh- she was brought up in, um, uh, in, well, she grew up in in a town, which is a very small town, and um, she um, uh, she was actually brought up in 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 a Christian home, I would say. But but um, a lot of the people are very liberal in their beliefs. So so uh, uh, a, a lot of the um, Hindu culture or the Indian culture, let me let me put it that way, is they can believe that that Christ is God. They'll believe that, no problem. But they will mm-hmm. believe that he is a god, not the god. Hmm. So, so he's one of many, not the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so so um, her family has uh, thankfully, after many years and prayer and everything, uh, they really came to know Christ as the only God. Um, yeah, and uh, there's just some some background uh, on that. <laughs> yeah, was there anything that was really influential to them to help them to to come to that position, or was it just through their own research and so forth? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm I'm not sure at the beginning uh, on how that happened, but I know that as of recently, well, up to about uh, up up to this year, year and a half, uh, we've been praying for them, and and my wife has uh, um, been speaking to them. They uh, the English is not that good, so she would have to speak Hindi uh, to them, and um, yeah, it was it was through just like speaking and and. Uh, showing things in the word and and just pray really um that they've just sort of come come -hmm. to know him cool well as far as like just living out the the christian life one thing that uh seems to can kind of get in the way is just busyness and i I think Mm. people in the united states are known as being busy and really time-centered <laughs> compared to other cultures. But if I remember right, um, it sounds like, um, you know, when you were getting into web development, like you must have been pretty busy too because you were adding that on top of your work. So you were staying up late at night, studying and so forth. And, you know, I don't know what the general culture is in South um, Africa as far as just being time focused and busy and trying to get things done, you know, productive it, um, in a sense, it's kind of like, I, I'm, I think of Ecclesiastes a lot of times like vanity, vanity. It's like there's, mm. we, we think we can get to some point. We're searching for something through all this busyness, just trying mm. to get it done. And like, <laughs> but, um, it can, be um a hindrance i think because it just takes our focus on you know getting through that to-do list or whatever um Mm. and yet um jesus um said the way to live out our life is basically love if we were to summarize his commandments Mm. you know but um have you um you know as far as like just working through days and whatever um have you um found a way that works best for you as far as um you know getting the work done and yet um you know maintaining some kind of a focus on well we're doing this in love or something along those lines or Hmm. or what's that like for you yeah um i think uh well I, th- I think it's a great question, and and I and I think it's something that that we as Christians should always contemplate and 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 think about, because the reality is, um, it's nice to think of life as, from an idealist point of view, you know, like work six or eight hours a day, you know, or spend time with Christ in the Word and pray or fasting or whatever for an hour or two, you know, and time with the wife, time with the kids, and you know, you, you know, like sort of break it down from from that perspective. Um, but I think, um, uh, f- first of all, like, like, uh, it's, it's quite interesting looking at it from like other cultures in other countries. Like if you look at it from Asia to like China, uh, uh, Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, 
Um, those types of countries, uh, um, very much things are focused on work, right? And work comes first. Family, like like most people don't even have time for family, let alone even like, you know, um, Christ or, or, or spending time in the word or prayer or anything like that. And then if you look at, um, you know, uh, America and, and things here, I think uh, f- from my perspective, it's definitely had seasons where I've really had to work very hard. Um, so at the beginning stages of, of the freelancing uh, side, I was, uh, you know, I would work very late at night. Um, so some nights I would literally work right through, um, you know, just purely because of, you know, just wanting to do it and, you know, all that. And and uh, there, were, there were frustrations. Um, it definitely took a toll on me emotionally. Um, and thankfully I've got a, you know, really an amazing wife who is very, un- well, not unforgiving, forgiving <laughs> um, and understanding. Um, so that has really helped. But just, just as a general sense, I think that it's also very important that uh, one should know the why behind why, why they work. And I think, I think a lot of people um, can often forget that uh, purely because of the busyness of life. You know, and it's like you're chasing certain things, and it's like, what are you chasing? What are you doing it for? Um, and what is your why? You know, because having more zeros in your bank account or certain assets or whatever, you know, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but the thing is, you know, does that define you? Um, is that your identity? What, what what are you what are you doing this for, really? Um, and I think. Uh, just if I can be transparent, like that's something that in a lot of things that I have to revisit, um, in, in, in uh, not necessarily my why, but in terms of being busy on, on work because I really enjoy what I do, um, and and uh, like like it's 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 really uh, it's almost like a hobby of mine, you know, um, what what I do. So it's like okay. I need to make those boundaries of like, okay, look, let me stop. Let me spend time with my wife. Let me spend time in the world. Let me, you know, all of that. And sometimes I manage to, I would say, find a good balance, you know, um, and other times I don't. But I think that's I, I think that's when it's important to sort of um, reflect and constantly, you know, evaluate, um, you know, one's time because, you actually realize that that time is your asset, not money. You know because uh, you can you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at at least in our own strength. Uh, you know, and and time is limited. Time is finite, and it's like, okay, what are we spending our time doing? What are we spending on our time thinking of? Um, and I just think it's just good to reflect. Um, you know, on a regular basis on that. Yeah. So you are in the marketing industry, and um, I think that marketing is something where um, ethics can really apply. Because in marketing, um, sometimes I get the impression that um, you know the person marketing to me, um, they don't. Uh, they don't really have my best interest at heart. They are um, 
they're interrupting me when I don't want to be interrupted. <laughs> they're like putting something in front of me. They just want to get their message out. And they, it's just <laughs> a matter of numbers. If I can just get my message out enough, um, then I'm going to get a certain number of takers. But um, for the rest of us, it just kind of makes our, it's like a damper, you know, it's a negative thing on our life because we're being bombarded with this and that, you know, and, um, but then again, on the other hand, um, um, if we are just, if our marketing is just, um, well, you have to ask for it or something like that, you know, our message might not get out there. So there, you know, it's kind of, um, I don't know. Um, Hmm. Do you have any, when it comes to marketing, is there any philosophy that helps you and, and guides you in, um, in this area? Like, um, I've heard of, um, uh, like I think Seth Golden talk about, um, hmm. not, um, he talks about interruption marketing as like, a, a negative thing, I think, but I'm not <laughs> a whole lot on, um, Seth Golden, not real knowledgeable on hmm. what he, he has to say, but, um, hmm. When it comes to marketing, does it seem like an, you know, an ethical thing that you're working with mm. when you're when you're making decisions? And um, do you have any like a philosophy that guides you as you go about it? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And I think I think just to sort of to sort of generalize it first, I think um, it actually applies to every single industry um, because, I mean, if we look at like practical. Um, Things like let's say locksmiths or plumbers, uh, you know, or lawyers or accountants or anything. Uh, very often they could also, you know, uh, sometimes you've got a few bad, bad apples, <laughs> you know, in 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 those types of industries as well. And with marketing, it's 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 no different, which is sad. But it's also, I think, I think a prevalent industry which uh, which could highlight this well is is the sales industry. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of people know like you know the secondhand car salesman. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that whole sort of sleazy approach and all that. And a lot of people don't like that approach. Um, a lot of people want you know the trustworthy, honest, you know, sort of upfront person to do business with. And I think that's no different in in, in marketing. Um, in marketing, I think uh, uh, I do agree with you um, that it can be quite annoying that whole interruption uh, marketing, and that's not something that I subscribe to, um, that I do for myself nor my clients. Um, and and I think um, there is an ethical way of doing marketing in in a right way, right? So, like I think I think spamming is going too far. So that's when you like send random. SMSs to random people, random emails, and you just sort of bulk, uh, you know, do it, all these random ads and all that. And I think that's just, I think that's that's not right. Um, however, when it comes to like things like on Google, if someone had to type in certain things on Google, you know, that's something that someone's searching for. And I think mm-hmm. that's perfectly fine. In fact, I think it's almost every single business should be doing it. That's why, you know, I mean, it's it's opportunities that they're missing out. That's why I believe in it so much. Um, yeah, I think I think it's more like a thing of like there's certain channels, you know, which are just too sleazy and just just not right. Um, but I think I think uh, when marketing when it's done right is is perfectly fine. 
you know so and 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 then to answer your question in terms of like um a whole philosophy of like how i do things and all that so so maybe some context so so um the holding company of my business is called ahk holdings and the acronym ahk stands for advancing his kingdom so mm-hmm. um uh like how does that look practically you know that's like okay we've got marketing agencies we've got uh, um, study web development which which i sort of share share with people how to become freelancers and become independent because it changed my life and uh, you know i really enjoy um, seeing the difference that it makes in others so it's very much like that john maxwell uh, you know and i think it came from him where it's like you know you're teaching people to fish you know you don't want to give them a fish but you're teaching them how to fish and I think that's become uh, incredibly rewarding. But then it's also like, okay, what what do you do with your, you know, with your profits? Uh, how do you treat, you know, staff? How do you treat your suppliers? How do you treat everyone else? Um, so yeah, that's sort of the underlying philosophy um, of, of of the business, I would say. Okay. Well, we've bounced around just in all kinds of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but before wrapping up, um, is there any th- topic you want to bring up, um, you know, that we should talk about before just uh, wrapping up our conversation? I-, I can't think of anything. Are you still there, Kyle? I may have lost oh, you. Are you there? Sorry. Can you hear me now? Can you hear okay. me? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I can hear you now. I yeah, happened. I lost you there for a little bit. I can hear you. Thanks. Sorry. Um, yeah, um, I can't think of anything, but uh, if you do have any question, I'm happy to try and answer it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's um, it's really good to meet you. It's good to meet you not only just as a, a person who's interesting because you're of a different culture and so forth, but to meet a brother in Christ who has like a, a similar type of experience Um that I have because, um, I understand, um, what it's like to, um, grow up as a teenager and, um, just to be kind of, I don't know how to say it, just uh, falling into every sin that comes along and just getting deeper into Mm -hmm. that hole and then experiencing, you know, forgiveness and like this new life opening up to me. And Mm -hmm. then, um, so I was just reading this morning in um, in the Gospel according to John chapter four, where he talks about you know if you ask of me I'll give you this living water well, or or water that will spring up you know gushing up into a spring that leads to eternal life and so forth, and it's mm-hmm. like that's what God does give and it uh, so it's. Um, you know, need to meet someone else who has experienced, um, that. And, um, it just kind of cool for me just to see that that happens throughout the, the, the world that God brings people into his kingdom. So that's really great. Um, but there's, yeah, I don't guess there's anything else in particular, but I appreciate the time and I appreciate, um, you answering, um, all my various questions and, um, and then, and I also appreciate your work. So you're doing a good job and I enjoy it and I plan to, um, continue, um, enjoying it and getting 
you know, from it because um, right now I'm learning web development and I'm kind of in a career transition and kind of late in life, but um, I don't know if I'll be going into freelancing when I'm done or if I'll be getting a job. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm kind of in that mix right now. But um, wow. do you mind if I ask you a question? Oh, go right ahead. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, so what are you currently doing at the moment and, and why the interest in web development? Well, um, I've spent most of my working life as a photographer, but that industry has kind of fell away. And um, so I've been in transition doing some odd things over the last few years. And I remember back in the early days of the internet, so um, early 90s, I was um, making my own websites, um, mid-90s or something like that. Hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed that a whole lot. So just more recently, I've been thinking um, maybe that's something I should look into um, because there's a demand for it and I'm looking for, you know, a new direction in my in my career. And I started learning a little bit of uh, JavaScript and I just really like it. It's like problem solving um, is how it feels and <laughs> um, it's just engaging, challenging, and I, I just think. Hey, there might be something here for me. So I'm going through um, scrimba.com. I'm going through their um, front end web development path. And um, <laughs> we'll see what happens after that. But anyway, awesome. so awesome. It, just something um, I kind of started dabbling in and it resonated with me. And, and that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, please reach out to me uh, on Twitter or. Uh, email whatever and i'll be happy to help uh, where i can you know uh, just in anything so yeah please do thanks kyle um anything you want to leave for listeners as far as how they can follow you or contact you um you know do you want to leave any kind of information here at the end um i'll put something in the show notes as well uh, yeah, well, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you uh, once again. Uh, it's been a real honor and a privilege uh, to speak with you and, and to get to know you. And uh, it would be awesome to chat again sometime in the future. Um, yeah, um, for those who would possibly want to reach out or anything, um, you can find pretty much all my links and everything at kylep.co kylep.co so that's pretty much i would say the home of you know what i'm doing and uh, everything else <laughs> okay all right well thank you kyle thank you so much well i really appreciate it mm -hmm.